I remember when I was a uh, when I was a kid or a teen. Uh, I was so happy when the first and second reading were short, like tonight. You know, I have to confess, I still am. Uh, <laughs> um, once in a while, you know, the lectionary gives us these long readings, and I think you could split it up. You know, we got the whole year. Um, but uh, sometimes they're so short, though, you can't even settle in and, and you kind of miss it. Well, so we get to the end of the church year, and we know how this goes. I think we're, we're kind of used to it, perhaps. We know that as we get to the end of the church year, we get these eschatological, you know, I like big words. We get these eschatological readings, eschatological, you know, end of time readings, you know, when, when uh, Jesus comes back and and, uh, you know, the end of the world, it all, all, you know, what kind of breaks loose and it, it all comes apart. Um, and so what's difficult is that there's a number of books that are sort of dedicated to the eschaton, you know, the end times. And then there's a number of sayings of Jesus that, that just like the gospel, which refer to it. But what's difficult is the interpretation of, of these books, right? I mean, how many people or even cultures have predicted when the end of the world will be, right? I mean, what, wasn't it the Mayans who, who allegedly, wasn't that just a few years ago, the Mayans predicted the end of the world? They obviously were wrong, you know? And every other year, there's another preacher or soothsayer predicting when the end will come. Obviously, they got it wrong. Um, not too many people have ever gotten it right. <laughs> That's kind of, a, kind of a pun, right? They've all gotten it wrong. <clears throat> and Jesus says as much. So whenever we look at the end times stuff, the es eschaton or eschatological books or writings, we have to have a certain amount of humility. Um, we have to recognize what we can and can't know. So... Jesus, in, his, in, in what he says today, in the gospel from Mark, you know, I was, I was reading about some of the commentators, and, and one of the things that he, he says is he says, Amen, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until these things have taken place. Right? And he says this in a couple of places. We hear this in the scriptures. This generation will not pass away. Well, what does that mean? Because obviously they did. So if he's talking about the end times, did he get it wrong? Well, here's the deal. I mean, this is what people think he was referring to. He's kind of referring on a couple of different levels about end times things. Remember in the Old Testament, when the Babylonians came and took the, the Jews into captivity, they came and they destroyed the temple. And for the Jews, the, the destruction of the temple was like the end of their culture. They treated it as such. And the Lord, speaking to them about the end times, says this generation will not pass away. Well, for the Jews, a generation was about 40 years. Well, in A.D. 70, about 40 years after Jesus' death, the Romans came and destroyed the temple. And so one of the things that commentators believe Jesus was predicting, referring to in the end times, you know, eschatological speech or speaking, you know, words that he was, he was conveying 
was this end of the temple, you know, the end times of the temple. They believed that he was, he was prophesying about that. So that's one layer of what he was getting at. And he was trying to prepare his apostles for that event, that this generation would see that. And it would be an incredibly destructive event. And then the next layer, of course, was the end. I mean, the definitive end of all things. And he wanted for subsequent generations, the entire church, his, his body, to, to know that in fact, all of it would definitively come to an end, that in fact, he would return one day. He would return and put all things right. And so for us, obviously, that's kind of the more crucial thing. That's, that's the more relevant issue for us to, to kind of look at. I was reading another thing too. Um, somebody was saying this, and he was saying, you know, if you look at the history of the world, and if you, even if you just kind of look at how things are now, it, I mean, this guy's dead, but you know, it's still, still relevant. If you look at the way things are now, and how everything is just a mess. I mean, if you, if you look at human suffering, if you look at corruption, um, you know, if you look at um, e even uh, the, the suffering that occurs naturally, you know, within creation. He says it, it sort of argues for the need of a resolution. It argues for the need for God to set things right, that the current way things are cannot continue, and that within each of us is a desire for justice, for peace, for an end to all of this, you know, on a kind of a global scale. And even within ourselves, right, the, the uh, the anxiety maybe, or, or the tension, or the, um, you know, the struggle for virtue against vice, a desire for that to end, that in each one of us, there's a desire for God to set us right, as well as for him to set all things right. And so it's fitting that, of course, God would do this. And in fact, of course, he says he will. He will definitively do this. The problem, of course, is we would like this to happen now. We would like to, this to happen in our lifetimes. And we have no clue if it will happen. So what is our response? Well, the Lord is pretty clear. What he desires from us is preparedness. What he desires from us is to be ready. What he desires from us is to live as though he's coming now. He's coming today. He's coming imminently. And so for the Christian, we're to stay awake. Now I'm, I'm moving ahead of myself because this is kind of an Advent talk, but you know, the end of the church year in Advent is really kind of gets smushed thematically. But this is what he, he tells us at the end of the gospel that that we should be prepared, we should watch, we should be ready. And so this is the urgency from the gospel today. Are you ready? Are you ready for him to come back? If there's that desire within your heart for the Lord to bring you peace and justice 
and comfort. Are you ready for him to bring it? Are you really ready? Am I really ready to stand before the Lord? I think it's true that every single one of us, if, if, if I were to ask you, is God the most important thing in your life? You'd say, well, of course, Father, you know. And no doubt in times of crisis, pain, suffering, celebration, we remember that God is the most important thing. And hopefully when we come to Mass, that's part of our expression. God is the most important thing in my life. But it's so easy to forget when we leave, when we're not in those moments. The rest of the week, you know, if, if, uh, if somebody were following us, you know, with a, with a cell phone, I was going to say, a cam, you know, a camcorder. Nobody knows what that is. Somebody was selling us with a cell phone, you know, videotaping us, tape. Um, you know, if somebody were following us, recording us, would there be evidence that God is, in fact, the most important person in our life? And if there's not evidence, what does that say about us? I'm just offering that for your reflection. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I'm really not. Just, just as a matter of integrity, if, if it's what we intend, then we should make it our reality. That's all. If it's what we say is true, then as a matter of integrity, we should make it our reality. And if it's not our reality, then we have a choice. We can change our reality. We can change our reality and make God truly what he ought to be in our life. And so if we need to make peace with God, make peace with God. If we need to reconcile with God, reconcile with God. If we need to begin praying, begin praying. If we need to be more committed, be more committed. Whatever it is, begin now. Be ready. Be prepared. Please stand.